Hi, and welcome to Veterinary Vibes, a podcast where we vibe so you can thrive. Today, we're here with Vahe Bark-Dorian, a second-year veterinary student with a remarkable journey into the world of animal care. Hailing from the vibrant city of Los Angeles, Vahe's affinity for animals has been intertwined with a curiosity for cutting-edge technology and its impact on veterinary medicine. Having earned his degree in biology from UCSD, Vahe's passion for both animals and innovation has led him to explore the intersection of artificial intelligence and veterinary science. Alongside his commitment to nurturing our furry companions, he's also delved into the intriguing realm of AI and its role in advancing animal healthcare. Beyond his profound dedication to welfare of animals, Vahe is an avid sports enthusiast and a strategic thinker, channeling his analytical prowess into competitive games. Today, we have the opportunity to unravel Vahe's unique perspective on how AI is revolutionizing the field of veterinary medicine and the remarkable implications it holds for the future. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. Well, Vahe, appreciate you coming on the show today on Veterinary Vibes and just vibing, hanging out. We just had an exam, so our our last midterm before our next three sets of midterms. <laughs> yeah, man, thanks for having me. We did we did just walk out of a midterm. There's also the retakes if you if you count that as a midterm. That's true. Yeah, we still got one more test to be retaken. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show and talking. Uh, I know you've been dodging me for a little bit, so I'm glad I I'm glad I caught you. I had to work up. I had to work up the courage, you know. <laughs> no, that's good. That's what we want to inspire. We want to encourage people to have these conversations because they're important, and everyone has a different backstory of how they came. And we're all going to be possibly working together, or at least seeing each other a lot more often than human medicine doctors do. That's true. There's so little of us, so. It's exciting and yeah, just learning that that your brother's name is Henry has really got me thinking right now. Because uh, d- like going back, like with your name, is there like a meaning behind your name? There is a meaning behind my name. I've looked it up for some reason. It's not coming to me right now. Mm-hmm. But like lately, I've been looking into the meanings of last names. Right. And uh, I've asked Chad GPT what my last name is. It tells me like a different thing every time. Not every time, but like I've seen like a couple of different things that it throws out. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that's what I was doing. I was like plugging in a bunch of last names into ChatGPT and trying to see their meanings. Isn't ChatGPT amazing? Like AI is insane to think about. It is. It is really amazing. It's like, it's it's early, mm-hmm. which is, it's weird when like you kind of see that you're in a moment of history. Yeah, and you're like you know, back in like a hundred years ago, like the camera came out and people are like, whoa, like the video camera, this is crazy. And it mainly, it it wasn't really good back then, you know, Mm -hmm. like there's like that eight frame video, you know, like the first video I've taken of of the horse. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. I feel like we're here, but with AI. Experiencing that in our own way. Yeah. Absolutely. I, that's what I think about too. The, The same way you just phrased that with camera is amazing because we are in its infancy of AI Mm-hmm. And like we've progressed technology so far that we're advancing faster than previous, I guess, civilizations or things like the camera. It was like a slow thing or like the TV. But in regards to like television, it was like black and white and then color television. Imagine that seeing that transition. And I think that's amazing because AI is going to be so useful in our careers and not only for our clients, but for uh, just us working it's like instead of having to reach out to other doctors, you may just be able to reach out to AI, you know, for more concrete, specific things. But you also need to be careful with it. It's yeah. very dangerous, very kind of scary, <clears throat> unknown that we're going to go into and see. So how do you see AI playing a role in like veterinary medicine? Veterinary medicine is an interesting one for me because like I do feel like there's a lot of jobs that can get phased out by AI. And that's kind of like 
it's kind of scary, you know, a lot yeah. like there's going to be less need for human labor, which is not good when human labor, like your labor is how you make a living. Sure. But the thing about like vet medicine and like this also applies to like basically the medical field in general is like AI needs to come a really long way before it can get to the point that it can like, you know, see the world and interpret information from the world. Sure. Like a physical exam, you use your eyes. You know what I mean? AI, you're going to have a hard time getting it to be able to like look at a dog and be able to like extrapolate information from that. Mm -hmm. I see AI being really useful in terms of like once you gather, once you make it a database of knowledge mm -hmm. for like something like blood work, it may be able to be really good at interpreting blood work based off of like previous blood work samples that yeah. it's gone from like everywhere mm -hmm. and being able, and then like once it knows the diagnosis, it can have it as like a pool of reference. Mm -hmm. So I think it will help. Yeah. Will it eventually replace people? Maybe. Well, isn't that crazy? Think <laughs> I don't think I'll be around for that, but yeah. like it may, which is interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like to think uh, in regard to veterinary medicine, we are like the last medical field to get the upgrade, right? Mm. So like human medicine, for example, just go into clinics. Like I guarantee you there's some clinics out there that are still like printing x-rays. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah. not everyone has an ultrasound, mm -hmm. but like if you go into almost any doctor's office, everyone has an ultrasound and no one is taking film x-rays, mm -hmm. you know? So I think just because the, the money is not as invested, obviously that's probably the main reason is not as invested. I think we have job, we have job security at least for the next like 20 to 50 years, hopefully. Yeah. It's a, that's a good point. You can kind of see, we can kind of look at what's happening in other fields and mm -hmm. kind of use it as like a projection for what will happen to us down the line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're doing that like with surgeries now, you know, like there's a bunch of different surgeries that don't really, that aren't used because of cost. If you can, if the thing that I am only worried about when it comes to AI is if it becomes so cheap to like utilize the software or the technologies within an industry, it's going to wipe everybody out. Yeah. Like radiologists, for example, what, what the hell is going to happen with radiologists? Because you have AI that's able, that's already implemented. There's programs that are already implemented that give kind of a generic, it's not, it's not as good. Like you said, you, there's more to it than just a program reading it because normal C comes in different shapes and sizes. It's kind of weird to like put it like that, but I know what you, you know, I know what you're saying. And sizes and species differences yeah. and all these things that aren't like the human species where it's like, we have pretty linear, but also different things that happen yeah you're talking about differences between individuals right like yeah the, the exactly we have cases yeah 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 like phenotype right types yeah dogs have a lot of Shout that out. yeah phenotype expression so but yeah just to think about like for me i worry about radiologists and i was actually speaking with a third year student uh -huh. now and uh he's really interested in becoming a, a board certified radiologist and i'm like asking we start talking about ai and we were there was a couple of us that were on the fence that were like Oh yeah, dude, radiologists are done. Like now it's going to be software engineers that run it that are going to just have to make sure. But of course there's going to have to be an overarching radiologist that agrees with its interpretation, but that's going to take a lot of jobs out and a lot of clinicians are going to just start utilizing AI and trusting it a lot more, which can be bad and good. But to me, that seems like a field that in our field is going to be like the first to be not obsolete, but reduced. Like phased out? Yeah. Was there a differing opinion in that conversation? Yeah, there was. Had? So his his idea of why he still wants to do it is because his argument was essentially, 
I'm going to be the radiologist that's there perfecting it and making sure that AI is going along. So an organization will reach out for AI, it will get the report back, and the he'll be the one to sign off on it. So essentially, he'll be double-checking, he'll be fact-checking what the AI is sending back to the clinic. Yeah, that, um, it does... I mean, I, I would think that there needs to be like a human involved at some point. Mm -hmm. And if he wants to be that guy, if it means he's following radiology, which is a passion, which is I, something I can't relate to. <laughs> um, yeah. That's more power to him. You yeah. Know? It's just crazy to think about like with AI, it's such a beautiful thing that was like in the shadows for quite a bit of time and the government was using is using it and small soft you know software companies obviously are utilizing it mm -hmm. but it's funny it's like now in mainstream yeah and it's something that i wouldn't think would be so easily accessible so quickly yeah it did kind of happen weird. quickly you hear about chat gbt like whispers of chat gbt mm -hmm. and now it's like really at the forefront of like people's yeah. brains in terms of what they can use to you know help them do something yeah and i think ChatGPT, is it four now or five? There's a four, but it's like you have to pay for that one. You have to pay for it, but it's like 10 times smarter than ChatGPT3. Oh, I didn't yeah. I didn't know that. Which is creepy to think about because if you go on ChatGPT, for people that don't know what it is, it's, and I'm not even going to be good at explaining this, to be honest, because I don't understand it, but it's utilizes algorithms and basically auto-generates anything that you ask it pretty much. So you could ask it, write me a poem about roses and horses and my name's Johnny and it will write like an entire poem for you right away. Yeah. And, and that's just, that, which is, it's interesting. It, it basically it, it uses the internet to like gather its knowledge. Mm -hmm. So it, you, you can ask it to do things that aren't necessarily just a Google search. Yeah. You can use it for Google searching. Like mm -hmm. there's pros and cons to doing that. Like oh, yeah, for Google, sure. Google will give you a, a nice clean answer very quickly. Mm-hmm. Whereas like ChatGPT can kind of sometimes be overly wordy. You yeah. just kind of like get to the point. I just want to know this like simple question, but you can't ask Google to like write you a poem about like, oh yeah, King Kong or something, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's like an artistic thing, but at the same time, like you said, Google is like, basically it's fact-checked. Google utilizes resources to where you can't just promote propaganda to come up first. Mm -hmm. I know like a lot of companies, they pay to have their name or company logo come up first. But um, AI, at least ChatGPT, doesn't have that filtering ability. So it actually has the ability to be wrong. So this is where the issue comes in with ChatGPT in its infancy is people will think it's concrete and factual, just like Dr. Google is when people go searching around and they find Kelly's blog. Sorry, Kelly. Yeah. Kelly's blog. And it says that uh, grain-free diets don't cause mm -hmm. diseases. Yeah. So... Those can't be used as a, a, as a great re adequate resource. So I think people will become trapped in the beginning of AI, utilizing it for everything that's not artistic, and it's going to make our jobs a little bit more difficult. But if we're able to convey that to our clients and coworkers and say, "Hey, look, you you need to fact check all of these with like actual proper mm -hmm. resources," that's so. the trap. I don't know if you've had this experience, but like. Have you ever used ChatGPT for like a subject that you're familiar with and you notice that it's giving oh, you wrong yeah, information? Yeah, yeah. But you can't like, and there's been other times where like you kind of use ChatGPT to tell you about something you know nothing about. Yeah. It's probably giving you wrong information even still. You just can't catch it because you're not familiar it's with so it. so crazy to think about. 
Yeah. And then you do, you can't decipher like correct from incorrect, especially if you don't know anything about it. Yeah. If you're you not familiar do? with the material, it's going to get you. But there is a program that does allow you to upload like PDFs or textbooks to it. So this is where I think it can be really beneficial and it doesn't use the internet. So it will only use the information that you give it, which is cool. So you could take Miller's manual, oh. anatomy manual, throw it in there and be like, what nerve innervate or what muscles innervated by the, what nerve, you know, whatever. Yeah. And he'll and find it, it. It will find it in the text. Is that a chat GBT thing or I is don't that like, I don't know a- if it's a plugin for it, but I do know one of our classmates was talking about, it. I, I haven't messed with it, but I it think, sounds really useful on paper. If you yeah. can control his database. Yeah. You know? And I think that's what it's going to turn into. It's going to be companies that utilize closed networks mm. to consolidate a lot of information because you don't, necessarily need to waste the time nor the energy to find a specific answer if you could that's what google is right isn't that what people do with google like you can look up the physiology of something or you can just get the answer like how in depth how scientific do you want to get into how carbohydrates are broken you know what i mean like what are they for or something along that majority of people only need a generic response and in our profession people are like indifferent about learning about diagnoses or like, you know, why did this happen? It's kind of like, it's our job to explain to them. So I think by utilizing AI, if say someone has a communication problem with a client, we have a tough diagnosis like hypothyroidism. Okay. Okay. And maybe that clinician doesn't know how to break it down to somebody who doesn't understand it. They could throw that in there. Uh, They could throw it in there and they could be like, give me a way to describe this in for the mindset of someone who doesn't necessarily understand scientific medical terms. And then yeah. boom, it'll give a whole script for you. And then you can go and practice. Hey, next time someone's like, I'm not understanding what you mean by this. That I think that's going to help people who have trouble communicating, especially in our profession where communication is key. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of skills that go into this field. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. You can, you can be a great clinician, but you may still have like some problems if you have a hard time really like, sharing mm-hmm. your beliefs with your clients. Yeah. So there's there's many, many things that uh, AI can help us with, you yeah. know? 100%. And uh, going off that, I want to talk about, I know you said it's hard, like with communication with certain clients. And uh, of course, there's cultural differences. There's financial differences. Uh-huh. I had an experience where a veterinarian I know texted me and said, hey, I just experienced um, the macho personality from somebody who didn't appreciate that I was essentially a woman. You know, she's a woman doctor. Okay. And so they automatically are inferior to anyone else that would tell her about the diagnosis. Yeah. And so she said, and we, I tried to do everything I could for his dog, but he didn't basically want to listen to me because I was a woman Uh and the dog ended up dying. And so she was like down on herself because she couldn't communicate how important what she wanted to do was for that patient. And she's like, normally this doesn't get to me, but like today it got to me. Yeah. So like, it's, it's like one little thing away from, and I just wonder if there's a way to utilize AI to combat stuff like that. You know, I know it's hard with cultural differences. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of factors that go into it, but I wonder if there was a way that AI could have mitigated like that client doctor interaction, especially if you do know that the interaction is not, 100% 100% reciprocal, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's there, that situation sounds like a really tough one mm-hmm. because, like, I feel like there 
not going to really listen to the AI either if it yeah. agrees with what the, the doctor was saying. Sure. And like, have you heard like the idea that like before you like change like someone's opinion, you have to change like their beliefs. Sure. And then like the even thicker than that is their values, you know, like yeah. you're not going to change someone's values until you like change their opinions. And, oh, like, of course. Yeah. You know, and someone like that who walks in, who like clearly like has in order set. in order to have like values like that strong and like that against the grain, mm -hmm. you had to have like a lot of various experiences, where, whether it was like the way you were brought up yeah, and like what you were taught as a kid. So like you're not going to change someone's mind in like one doctor's visit. Have you, you've never had that experience though? So like, for example, I work with a woman doctor, mm -hmm. a veterinarian before, and uh, I would go in as a tech, right? So she would go in, she would say something to the, the client and I would go and sh then say the client didn't agree with her. Mm -hmm. Like, no, 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 it's not that. It's, you know, it's not, it, I'm keep, I'm going to keep giving her chicken for my dinner table. Like she's not allergic to chicken, little floofy. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay. So then I'd go in and I'd be like, Hey, yeah, you know, and I, I would word it like differently and I would, I would already know that she didn't agree with this, but I would drive home. Yeah. I think it's actually the chicken at nighttime that might be mm -hmm. given itchy paws later. Maybe I have a chicken allergy. Oh, you think so? You know, and it would just be so funny the amount of times I could count that that happened. And I don't know if it's a woman thing that she was a woman doctor and like that was a weird stigma or if it was, maybe it was communication. Maybe she didn't have the, the right communication. And so- it could be like a second opinion thing exactly, too. Ex exactly. There's so many variables that go into it, but I, that happened so many times. And I think it's like one of those things where you drive it home again and again and again. And like you said, it may not be on the first visit, mm -hmm. but if we continually drive home in like a positive way, what change we want to do to encourage them to do the proper treatment that we think is necessary, I think that works. And I think there's there's been a lot of people that have come into the clinic and have been like, the macho, like, I'm not listening to you. I know more than you, but I'm here with a sick dog because I don't know what to do. Yeah. And I think that is something that is some, it's something we're going to face. And as clinicians, it's definitely going to be, you need to know when to, when to set your boundary and when to cut your losses because you can't save everybody as much as you want to, you can't save everybody. And it's not, has probably nothing to do really, not most of the time, nothing to do with the way you practice medicine but the way people perceive your medicine and like are willing to ex accept it because it goes back to what you said. I really like that you have to change their values and like their whole opinion. <laughs> it's yeah. very difficult to change. Yeah, different people are going to have different, you know, problems like um, with clients. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting thing in general because like, you know, we come here to like work with the patients. We can come here to work with the animals, but like the way that are like, our society just has it that there's like mm -hmm. animals are like, you know, they're owned. Mm -hmm. So the other, so there's like a, like there's like a third party mm -hmm. in a way that like yeah. is such a, has such a role to play mm -hmm. as well. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where like, sometimes I feel like we like over, like, I don't think we should make it like an us versus them thing. You know, mm -hmm. there's definitely like, I mean, we are us and they are them. Sure. And like, we have like a degree and like, but like they're the person who has like the final say technically on the animal. Right. But you know, sometimes I feel like it's like a little like overblown. Like we're people, you know, like people butt heads. Sure. You know, at the workplace, people butt heads. In public, people butt heads. Mm -hmm. um, it's just one of those things, you know. There's so many people in the world, and they're all gonna be 
there's so much range for people. There's going to be some people that are extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. There's going to be some people that are like extremely, you know, go with the flow and you're going to run into all different types of people. I'm, I'm personally someone who's like, I don't really like get like frustrated or mad with strangers. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess I'm like just not very confrontational. Like, I don't know. I guess everyone has a different way of dealing with it, but yeah. But that's, see, that's probably, that probably is indicated by how you were raised maybe, mm -hmm. or like what you perceive as worth it, what you've learned over the years. Maybe you don't even know when you developed it. Like you start developing personality traits when you're in like, what, second grade or something? It's like locked in, I guess. I don't know how hard concrete that fact is, but you develop all these different things over time. And you, I definitely see you as a person who's kind of like go with the flow. I feel like you also are not willing to sacrifice your own thoughts or like morals or beliefs about mm -hmm. something. Like you definitely, I've heard you like talk about opinionated things to where, okay, well we just disagree and it is like, I don't hate you for that. And like you said, it's just, everybody's so different. Everyone's going to have different, different mindsets. And yeah, I think that's, I think that's a huge thing that you, you put emphasis on is dealing with clients that are going to be difficult. Mm -hmm. And it happens in human medicine too, except they have the barrier of they can trump what generally a lot of times they can trump what the parent wants to do, especially if it's like a life-saving situation, maybe yeah. like with a child, for example, mm -hmm. like they can't just be like, oh, they broke their arm and they're in the emergency room. Yeah, let's take them home. Like, right. Cause there's like the, there's like child abuse. Yeah, exactly. There's laws yeah. that protect them and there's some laws, you know, there's laws that protect, you know, pets, but it's not it's, the same. It's not the same. It's well, a very gray area. Humans, you know. I get it. Yeah, I get that sure. humans are put on a different pedestal. Yeah, of course. But it it, it can be frustrating for us, yeah. for sure. Especially if you don't know how to deal with that. Mm -hmm. And like, it's just, I mean, after time after time after time after time, it's like at a certain point, you're going to like just blow a fuse <laughs> unless you have a proper outlets. But yeah, it's just crazy to think about. I always think about how AI is going to be able to not streamline, but I don't know, be a useful tool. Like, it's got it's going to be something that's in our arsenal it has to be something that's in our tool belt that we say i've exhausted everything or even i know the answer but let's throw it in here let's let's put it in here so maybe there's a database that other people can go and say oh look at this case you know mm -hmm. like vin or something basically that's what vin is you go in and see other cases and see what people saw you know how they communicate with other veterinarians but imagine an ai network where you were able to like type in certain blood values and oh yeah that's what i was saying yeah things that you can see oh like limping on the right hind leg and then like you throw it in and it like gives you differentials mm -hmm. that actually make sense to your zone or whatever you whenever you have so yeah it relative to the other pieces of the puzzle exactly i love vin by the way i do too that shout 3D, out vin the 3d anatomy is great hey we're, we're looking for a sponsor vin <laughs> so let me know i was gonna say one thing i appreciate about our school is that like they don't just try to pretend like chat gpt doesn't exist and yeah it's like don't use it don't use it don't use it don't use it that's like i feel like you got to get with the times like if there's yeah. a new technology and it's like going to be very helpful and it's going to be part of people's lives mm -hmm. you got to kind of try to implement it like i th i think the idea that like you can't just copy paste what chat gpt is saying mm -hmm. and have it as an answer yeah that's i agree that you shouldn't be able to do that mm -hmm. but like you should be able to use it right yeah i'd have i'd have I, I was talking to somebody i forgot who i was talking to exactly but like he was like comparing it to like a calculator, like ChatGPT is like a calculator, okay. you know, and like it's going to make some things that were used to be difficult, very easy, you know, like mm -hmm. 
maybe like if you had to decide how much drug you need based yeah. on the weight of the animal, it may be difficult to divide like 273 by five. Mm -hmm. But with a calculator, you can do it in like one second. Right. And ChatGPT is like a new calculator. And he's like, anyone who says like, don't use ChatGPT, they're like saying like, don't use a calculator. <laughs> they're just saying like, yeah. be make things harder for no reason, even though we have this new technology that can make things easier for us. You know what I mean? Hey, that's a mindset that people struggle with though. Which one? The one where it's why you got to do, you got to make shit harder. Oh. You know, it's like the grandparents that are like, when I was your age, I was walking uphill yeah. both ways in the snow. You should be struggling too. Like, have you heard of crabs in a bucket? No, what's that? It's like, there's uh, it's like, I'm mean, literally imagine crabs in a bucket. Uh -huh. So all the crabs are trying to get out. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they're all trying to grab and like bring, try to pull themselves up uh -huh. is what makes it so no crab can get out. Because they're all grabbing and pulling on each other. Oh, I see. And they're constantly pulling each other down, trying to get up. So it's like, um, it's a saying for like when people get in each other's way. Yeah. And you see it a lot, honestly. Um, that, but that's an analogy that I like. Yeah. That grabs in a bucket. I do like that. I'm going to use that now. <laughs> Steal that from you. That's funny. So Vahe, let's dive into who you are, what you're all about. So let's do it. Why veterinary medicine though? Like what? What was the defining point in your life that you said, like, I'm going to vet school? It's a it's a hard question to answer. The thing about me is that, like, I've always loved animals mm -hmm. ever since I was a kid. Yeah. And, like, a lot of people, like, but my interest in animals wasn't, like, care. Mm -hmm. It was, like, interest. Mm -hmm. Do you, know what, I'm, do you yeah. know what I mean by that? Yeah. Like, a lot of people, like, they, like, fall in love with the dog. you by the thought, by, like, the processes yeah. or things. Yes, 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 or their existence, yeah. you know. It's just weird to think you can own another species like that, like an animal. Or the fact that there's other species at all. Yeah, I find it's it interesting. Weird. So, like, for me, I was, uh, I was interested in, like, things like history and mm -hmm. other things like that, but it was always, like, animal, like, biology. I always, like, summarized it as biology. So, I was into biology, and then I finished high school, mm -hmm. and then it was time to, like, pick a major for my community college. I was like, well, I like animals. So I was like, I'll just do biology. Mm -hmm. And then by the time I was like halfway through undergrad, I had to think about like what I want to do for the rest of my life. I was like, well, I like animals. May as well pick a profession that I work with animals like all the time. Mm -hmm. Cause that's why I was here in the first place. Right. You know, there were other things on the table, like environmental health and things like that. But like, that's not really the, the animal magic is gone. Right. So I was like, let me be a veterinarian. It wasn't really like an epiphany moment. Um, even as a kid or as an adult. Yeah. You fell into it. I kind of fell into it, but like, I'm, I'm glad that I did. Yeah. But yeah, for me, it's like the, uh, animal interest number one. And what does your family say about that? Yeah. They're, they're on board. I mean, okay. like, it's like, I'm like from like a family of immigrants. So like, okay. you know, it's like they want to, they, they want to push you to like really be somebody. Okay. And I, and like, I really appreciate that. Cause like, I feel like it. It's like a motivation, you know, that I like, I have it for myself as well. Yeah. It's an important support network you have. It makes doing the things that you love easier when someone's supporting you. Exactly. It's yeah. like, you don't have that extra stressor of going against the current with someone you love and care about. They're like propelling you and saying like, Hey, education's important, especially with a, a lot of immigrant families that they, they realize and they like they like understand just how many opportunities there are in this country. Mm -hmm. And it makes so much sense why everyone, well, not everyone, um, a lot of people want to yeah. migrate here <clears throat> is because it's, it is the land of opportunity. That is the biggest thing 
that is so important. And they say education is extremely important. For example, mm-hmm. like my wife, her family, they were born in Venezuela and they moved and migrated here. And education is so important to them. Yeah. And like that is like a big contributor. Like you go to college, like you, you establish a mm-hmm. baseline education for yourself to help you decide what you want to do and further you because it's like a long-term thing where it's like you may discover what you want to do in those undergrad years but you should focus on something that's going to benefit you in the future mm-hmm. yeah you know because you know that like for people that come here with so little and they they make it you know it it i agree it makes sense that like the next generation the first generation to grow up in america yeah it's like we did the part where we settled here you know we found jobs we like bought a home or whatever it may be. Now it's time for you that you're an American citizen in an American family. You can use the opportunities that we've worked so hard to bring you and use it to like enrich your life mm-hmm. in terms of education, in terms of like, you know, financial, you know, the financial stability that comes from like getting an education and everything like that. So, yeah, well, that's good that you have that support system and it's, it's, it's hard for people that don't have it. So that's awesome that you have that. And it's cool to see the different cultures that mm-hmm. people bring to our profession. Yeah, very like, much so. It's like, a, it's like a melting pot of just like, you could line us all up and there's something ex- so uh, like extravagantly different about us, like just culturally, just just like looking at culture alone. Yep, yep. And I think that's really cool because I learned a lot. Um, I, I grew up, my best friend's Jordanian. So like mm-hmm. I understand a lot of their culture, like a lot of their culture. I was submerged in it since we, we went to pre-K together and I was over at his house every weekend growing up. Mm-hmm. I loved, li- yeah, I love living in the United States for the same reason. I love that there's like so many different like cultures and like views and like, you know, and it comes with so many nice things, you know, like there's so many places to eat, mm-hmm. you know, like you can go yeah, to different- little things. Yeah. yeah you can go to different parts of LA and like they all look, they look like they're <laughs> from different countries. Yeah. That's what's so awesome about it. Especially Southern California. Yeah, Southern California. <laughs> Southern California is where everyone wants to live because of the diversity, especially Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I don't see the, I don't see the big hoopla of wanting to live near downtown. Just, just too crowded for me. I traffic, traffic alone diverts it, but the, the ever so often trip in there into Chinatown, like just visiting and mm-hmm. eating different foods. The food is the food is the best. Yeah, it's. I agree with you that downtown is a, a bit crowded for my liking. I like to live in like just outside. Yep. You know, are you, are you, are you like born and raised in Southern California? Yep. Yeah, me too. Yep. Born and raised. I've lived in a lot of different uh, states, but California, yeah, I got to be by coast. I think California, Florida. Yeah, I agree. I just don't know. I've never lived like away from the coast, so I don't know how it would be, but like, I feel like I would live, I feel trapped. And there's a lot less water. If I lived like in Kansas, you know what I mean? Uh, I don't want to get me started about Kansas. Have you been, have you been to Kansas? No, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a good thing. Yeah. No, don't just can't. It's just like states like that. Yeah, I don't. I don't see the, especially the states with no mountains. Yeah, Kansas I, is super flat. I right? need. I need to like directionally. I don't care about the sun. Okay, I, I care about the mountains. I, I want to see those mountains in the distance. Yeah, so we it's beautiful. Live, we live in a really mountainous area too. We do. We oh. do. I feel like sometimes we don't even look. Sometimes I look and I'm like, that is a huge mountain, and it's always been there, and I feel like I just realized <laughs> it. You know? Yeah, that's funny. Well, directionally, I know where I'm going when I see a mountain in the distance. I'm like, okay, that's that way, that's that way. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. So veterinary medicine just fell in your lap. That's that's really cool. What is uh, what is your interest within veterinary medicine? What's your goal after we graduate and get out of here? Well, I don't, re- I feel like what's interesting is I really liked cardio, 
actually. Oh, okay. I didn't see it coming at all. Shout out Dr. Denise. Yeah, Dr. Denise. And I, I feel like I wasn't really looking for something to be interested in because I was just kind of like, you know, general practice. You know, I like dogs. I like cats. I really like reptile exotics. Oh, okay. So I would love to do that um, as well. And like, I do, I feel like, you know, reptiles are pretty common pet nowadays. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. People are always caring more about their reptiles. I feel like each generation like considers their animals more family than the last. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's a good thing to be able to like look at um, reptiles, yep. um, like hamsters and stuff. I, I, pocket pets and pocket like pets. Yeah, that that one is like lower on my list, but I feel like it would be valuable to be able to look at those too. A little sugar glider. Yeah, crazy. the sugar glider. I can't gliders. imagine that. Or like those like teacup pigs that are like they're not real, right? Micro pigs. Yeah. Are they like like babies that end up growing I have up? No idea. I don't know anything about but, pigs. Yeah, I mean, I know very little about pigs. <laughs> I saw there was a pot-bellied pigs at a the shelter that I used to volunteer at. Mm-hmm. So the, I thought I thought they were pretty cute, especially yeah. the babies. They grow oh, to, yeah. they grow up to be pretty not cute. I've farrowed some piglets. <laughs> they're they're you know the experience is visceral. Mm-hmm. I mean, with the labor and the different horns they come from, and 10, 12, 13 of these piglets coming out, and they're the cutest little things. But they really are. They are so loud. Oh, the screams yeah, that they, they scream. Oh my! I'm like, well, this one's alive. <laughs> you don't even need to check yeah. it. Yeah. That's they, interesting. I don't know why they scream. Like goats scream too, right? It's got to be some like defensive mechanism that passed. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, know. for me, it's like I don't spend a lot of time around like farm animals because you know I grew up in LA. Like I don't yeah. see a lot of cows. You know, yeah. so like whenever we do like things like Mount Sachs where we go to like look at ruminants and stuff, for me, it's like I'm like experiencing a lot of this for the first time. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it, it is cool because you never. I'm surprised a lot. Like I didn't know sheep's were like they're like built like tanks. They're strong. They're dense. Dude, aren't they? They're muscular and they're bony and it's like- They take you out. Because like, you know, I feel like like the average person like walking in the streets of LA doesn't think a lot of a sheep. No. They don't really think like if this thing ran into me full speed, like I would be like doubled over in pain. I'd probably get sent flying back a couple feet. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I have more respect for sheep than I did before. And the way they jump too. Like yeah. they, they have hops. They do. Like white sheep can jump. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Dude, that's crazy. They're really athletic. No, well, that's true. Yeah. So what is your what is your hobbies outside? Every time I walk by a, a room you're studying and I see you have some soccer on the TV, what's going on with that? I'm a big sports guy. Okay. Um, I enjoy soccer the most. You know, I was raised in like a soccer family. Mm-hmm. So like I developed a appreciation for the sport very early. Um I enjoy basketball to a lesser extent. Yeah. I kind of just enjoy like the NBA and its drama. Oh yeah. I'm much more casual of an NBA fan. Nice. And lately I've been into football too. My football has come, it comes in and out based off of like what's going on, but I'm in a fantasy football league this year. So I'm very glued to the NFL. But um, the thing about soccer is that there's a lot of weekday games. Yeah. That's why you see me watching at school on weekdays. I know. I see it all the time. And the games are all at noon because like around noon because they're in Europe. It's perfect. So it's perfect for you to be, you to be able to watch me watch sports. Did you grow up playing soccer? I did, yeah, but uh, like not very seriously, I would okay. say. But I did, I did play it, and it helped me like enjoy the sport. Okay, more, I would say. So you say you grew up in L.A. Did you go directly from high school to undergrad to vet school? Is that your path? I went to a community college. Okay, for three years because okay. those prereqs are a lot. Oh, they get you for biology. Yeah, some people did it in two years. I don't even try. 
I don't think I placed well. You know those uh, prerequisite exams? Yeah, yeah. I was like, I placed like in the lower math than like I would have liked. I'm like, well, I'm I'm here for an extra year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I placed when I did that test. I put the the circle one in the square one. <laughs> I was like, hey, this works, right? And they're like, you ended up. Uh, you would have ended up in intermediate algebra yeah. with me. That's why oh, I yeah. ended up. Yeah, yeah. twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, because there was a large gap between high school and college for me. So mm-hmm. I'd, I'd forgotten everything. Like seven-year gap is a lot. That is, to, Seven-year gap is a lot. To forget. Yeah. You forget, I mean, A squared plus B squared equals C squared, you know. A squared le- plus B squared equals C squared. That's it. You're right. That's all you need to know. <laughs> y equals MX plus B. Y equals MX plus B. I remember all this. I tutored like two or <laughs> three years back. ago. It comes back yeah. though. It does. The it lights, really does. the lights are turning on in your head. I can see it. The English comes on. The math comes back. Mm-hmm. The history comes back. It all comes back. I had to, uh, I had to. I was tutoring like these, like two, like I think they were like seventh graders or eighth graders, mm-hmm. and uh, they had to like write a like a little paragraph on like whether they thought Texas should join or not join the union. Do you remember what I'm talking about? It's like the 1840s. Familiar. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. During that, I'm like, I'm like, I learned this and I can't believe I learned this because I, I, I mean, I guess I thought about it because like, I like, I, another hobby that I have is video games. Okay. But like, I enjoy like grand strategy video games. Okay. So there was like a history game where you had to like, you know, you take control of a country and you try to make it work. It's like Victoria 2. I don't I know. Was getting, yeah. I've heard of that. It's made by Paradox. They make yeah. a bunch of games like that. The, I have heard of that game actually. And there, but there was another game. It was like Civilizations or something. Is Civilization that, is, that's more like it's Age like, of Empire. Yeah. It's like cartoonier. Yeah. But it, I feel like it's more popular. There's also yeah. like Europa Universalis. I haven't played that game. What is that? I haven't played that game, but like a lot of people play that one too. Okay. But, but like, you know, I thought about Texas because like. You're a strategy guy. So you like risk. I do like Risk. I love that game. Yeah. That is a very fun game, especially if you play with someone who's really good. Oh, it's, I feel like my friends aren't that good and I'm not that good. We don't really have the strategy down. Man. But my brother is killer at that game. How do you guys address, the, do, you, do you address the Australia problem in Risk? What's that? It's like very easy to control. Oh yeah. From like the way you can attack it or something. You can only attack it from one direction. Yeah. Down. And like you can, in the if you get it in the early game, like it kind of snowballs. Mm. out of control i don't think we've had that issue maybe i just haven't played it that much then maybe you guys are maybe we're good or too bad yeah we just don't recognize the 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 pattern yeah i I think those those types of games are really fun to play what are you passionate about what like what do you what do you like my passionate about what's your what's your like dream it's like your passion i don't know dude oh when you put it like that i get it but i I I understand your question better dude i just want to be like i just want to be like married Mm-hmm. I want to have like a house. Mm-hmm. I want to have kids who live in that house. And like, I want to live comfortably. And then I just want to enjoy like the simple pleasures of life. Like yeah. I I don't really like that. That's what I want. I could vibe with that. I don't want like a yacht. I don't want to be like the first guy to like go to Mount Everest like four times. Like I don't have crazy dreams like that. Like what I want out of life is like comfort, you know, mm-hmm. like I just want to be able to like sit down by the couch with my son and like show him sports mm-hmm. and be like, hey, this is the team we like. I'm going to indoctrinate you into liking this team. So we, like, this is the family team. You know what I mean? Is it Arsenal? What is it? No, it's it's Spain for oh, okay and Real Madrid. Okay. So if he ends up being Arsenal fan, I won't lose too much sleep over it. Man, Real Madrid. Yeah. Real Madrid. Yeah, Real Madrid. Royal. It means royal in, in Spanish. It's It's cool. I was in Madrid last year. I'm jealous of you. I've never been and I really want to go. I've never been to Spain somehow. <clears throat> I went to Spain for my honeymoon and Portugal. 
and it was the most incredible experience. I cannot recommend it enough. That's a great location too. It was phenomenal. I mean, we went all over the country, both countries. And when did you go? What season? In June. In June? Yeah. Oh, okay, nice. When it was like 104 in Madrid. It was hot. It, the topography is almost the same as here. It's really weird. Like That's the landscape. I've heard, uh, I was on the train. I'm like, this is almost like California. I've heard that. I've heard L, like Southern California is very Mediterranean-like uh, topography. Have you been to the thing, Barcelona? No, we didn't go to Barcelona. Did you go to Lisbon? We did not. Where'd you go to Portugal? We went to Porto. Oh. Which see, was great. I know all these cities because of soccer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was phenomenal because what we did was we went to the only national park in Portugal, right? Mm-hmm. And we went canyoning, which is like zip lining and tra- oh. traversing down waterfalls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in the middle of Portugal with like a guide and a couple other people. We went with the, went for our honeymoon, we mm-hmm. didn't plan anything. The only thing we planned was the flight out there the first three days in Madrid, like hotel wise. Other than that, I was like, let's just go. Let's just go with the flow. Interesting. Are you, you're not, are you like a planner or are you like you go with the flow? I'm like a little bit of both. I, I think I'm more of a go with the flow, but I like to know where, like where we're going, like what we're doing. I know I like to know the specifics. I guess twenty four hour notice. I don't need. Yeah, I, I need. feel like if you give me the basics, yeah. I'm good with going with the flow. It seems like you're like that too. Yeah, and so it was great because so we went to Madrid, mm-hmm. and then we said, let's t- like we either gonna fly or we're gonna take the train. And I always wanted to take the train over there, so we found a train that was like super cheap, and we went to a city on the um, west coast of Spain. What was it called? It was called um, Vigo. Vigo. V-I-G-O. It reminded me of like a little long beach, like Mm. the coastal, like right there where all, it's because it's like a port for like fishing and stuff like that. And so it's a little port port city and it was beautiful. So going back to vet medicine real quick here, what do you say to somebody that's interested in veterinary medicine? And let's see, what would I say? You tell them to run or you tell them to, to come on in. I would say that... If you're passionate about veterinary medicine, you should pursue it. But don't do it because you don't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. And it that, it sounds rare, but I've talked to people and they're like, yeah, I was thinking about being a doctor, but like med school's hard. So I came here. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, I don't know. This is, you're going to be happy doing this as a backup. Yeah. This is, this is something that you need to be passionate about because you're going to put a lot of money into it. You're going to put a lot of effort into it and then you're going to do it every day for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you don't like, and and one thing I've really noticed or like one thing that I've really put together is that vet medicine and human medicine have extremely or extremely different. They're extremely different. You wouldn't think that because mm-hmm. you would think like, oh, you're just like, take the blood pressure on the dog. Okay. Now take the blood pressure on the human. It's almost the same thing. But like when we try to figure out a case like when we try to find out what's wrong with our patient you can't talk to the patient right and that is like it it sounds so obvious but it's so fundamentally changing how we approach medicine mm-hmm. we're like detectives yeah doctors are 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 like detectives they still have to do the blood work but like they, they there's less like investigation you know what i mean we have to like feel like really feel that elbow and like is a, is a dog going to vocalize? Are we going to get something? Is the dog trying to like move his arm away? Because, mm. you know, because a human could just say, oh, that hurts. Yeah. Or like, oh, don't, that kind of hurts when you touch there. Yeah. Like for us, we have to be very like investigative. And there was one more thing that I feel like is so different. 
Oh, because like, I feel like if you don't like working with animals, because animals can be difficult to work with. You know, you can have an aggressive dog. You can have an aggressive cat. Mm -hmm. You can have an animal that like resists anything you try to do, you know? And like, if you don't, it, you got to be able to deal with that. Yeah. That's something that I feel like I have a hard time with. That's one of the things that I feel like I have to adjust to is like, I'm very like hands off e about things. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, I feel like if like, if something, if I feel like something is dirty, I'm not going to touch it. Okay. And I'm not going to, it's not just cause like, Oh, why would I touch it? My brain is like, I'm going to touch it. And like these bacteria are going to like get in my eye. And like, I'm going to get like, you know, some kind of problem. So like, I'm like getting used to like getting my hands dirty. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like being comfortable with like restraining a dog, even though like, you know, you're kind of putting yourself in the line of fire. And I do have experience with it. And I'm glad I got an opportunity to do it because I volunteered at a shelter. Okay. And like, it, so going off of that, what do you, what do you think that stems from? So like, I don't know. It's like, I feel like because we're, I'm in STEM, I see the world in a different way. Like I like, you know, like this entire table is like covered with bacteria. Mm-hmm. Many, 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 many billions of bacteria probably. Mm -hmm. So like, I feel like that. And like, you know, when you understand like, like these bacteria or like viruses, they have like these proteins and they're going to try to get in. And if they get past your innate immune system, they're going to get like, you know, you kind of like see the world through the lens of what you learn. Yeah. But that's probably just part of it. Cause I feel like I've been that way for a long time. So, okay. There's probably different layers. Yeah. Yeah. You ever wanted to peel back those layers and find out why you think the way you think? I try to do that about everything that I think, mm -hmm. but like I'm getting better at it. I feel like it's a more recent thing that I'm trying to do, trying to understand why I think the way that I think, because it's interesting. Life is interesting. Isn't it? Yeah. I feel like one thing that I've like learned is like, I remember I told my mom, I was like, I was in third grade mm -hmm. and I was like, wow. I can't believe I'm in third grade. Like I've come so far. <laughs> and like what you do is like you look back. I feel like every three years, if you look back at your life, you're going to think to yourself, wow, I can't believe I was that dumb. Mm -hmm. Like I did it like in sixth grade. I was like, I was probably like an annoying little kid in third grade. And then in ninth grade, I was like, I was like, like a weirdo in sixth grade. And then like mm -hmm. by the time I'm in 12th grade, I was like, wow, as a freshman, I was like, you know, such an annoying freshman. And then when you're in college, you look back to your senior self and you're like, um, Wow, like how, what a naive, yeah. immature guy. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like now when I look back to my life at 20, like when I'm 28 years old, looking back at myself at 25, I'm going to be like, wow, that guy didn't know anything. But in the moment you feel yeah. like you do, but see, that's, that's the dangerous thing. That's, that's growth though. Yeah, it's so growth. The moment you stop looking back and saying, and you, and you start to say, I know the same that I did five years ago and I'm acting the same that I did. You got a problem. You know, yeah, there's always room to improve. And there's always, yeah. And you just got to be, op you got to be open-minded about things. Yeah. That's, that's something really that important. I struggle with. That's something that I, I, I try to work on is to be more open-minded about things because I can get in my own head of, oh, I'm right. Like I, I fall into the trap, the I dilemma the same. of like, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. And then like, I'd lose sight of what is most important mm -hmm. to me. And I think as I mature and grow and and go through experiences because I'm a trial by error. I'm a, I'm a, like, I have to, you can tell me that that's hot, that table's hot, but I'm going to put my hand near it to feel how hot it is. Yeah, I get you. I've you met know? people like that. I've met people like I mean, that. granted, I'm not jumping into an alligator infested <laughs> yeah, lake, yeah. but you know, <laughs> there's, cer there's certain things where 
I definitely need to find out for myself. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way that I think. And I, I like how you put like you won't touch something because it's it's dirty and you like think about it. And then you're, you're utilizing everything that you learn in this program. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like equipping you, I think, for your ability to, to take on the issues that you see in your own life or the things that you're not comfortable with or just trying to understand and gives you like a detailed answer as to to what it is and you know what it does and it can be scary and it can make people like hypochondriacs Mm -hmm. it's like doctors go through that too yeah where they get like a sore arm and they're like oh my god like denervation atrophy (laughs) you know denervated atrophy is gonna happen you know i damaged this radial nerve and now i can't you know whatever but if you use it in the right light i think it's it's pretty cool like what we're learning is insane like not a lot of people know what we're <laughs> trying insane. to master. It is insane. Do I, well, isn't there a term for when, uh, like whenever you read about a new pathology, you think you have it? There is. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's not going to me either, but that it's not is, agoraphobia. No, agoraphobia is like the fear of the ocean, no? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a fear of I could be wrong ogres. <laughs> I, could be, so I could be wrong too. No, I thought agoraphobia <laughs> was like irrational fear or something. I don't, I'm not but sure. I'm not sure. We'll do it like Joe Rogan. Hey, yeah, honestly, Jamie. Hey, Jamie. Can you look it up? <laughs> yeah, just look it up. Honestly, I mean, I'm curious about agoraphobia. Agoraphobia is a type of anxiety disorder, afraid to leave environments they know are considered to be safe. That's what it is. Okay. Where, yeah, I learned about an AP, I learned about that in AP Psychology. When mm-hmm. people are afraid to leave the house. Yeah. The you that's gonna, very common. Yeah. Very common. It is. It is. It is. I feel like it's one of the more common. Uh, so, what is fear of the ocean called then? Okay. The, sorry, this is the last one. Fear of ocean. Fear of the ocean. Thalassophobia. Thalassophobia. You're right. I have. A, I follow a subreddit where they show like deep ocean stuff. Does that scare you? No, I find it interesting. Like the ocean is. I feel like the ocean is inherently scary, but like it is. it's also very interesting. You know, like if I go to the beach, I'm not going to be like I'm not going to go into the water. And like, have you ever swam in the middle of the ocean? Absolutely. I'm a scuba. I'm a scuba diver. Oh, that's yeah. Right. I'm certified. That's right. Okay, so you know even more than I do, but like, I don't know. For me, when I was like. The first time I like went into the ocean and like I couldn't see the bottom, I was like, okay, like this is real. <laughs> shit, shit, shit. You know what I mean? And, you know, yeah. Because there's so many things in the ocean. You know, you are lower on the food chain in the ocean. You're very lower on the food chain. You're not evolved to do anything in the ocean. I'm not evolved to swim. I'm not Michael Phelps. I can't breathe down there. You know, I'm like I'm like a fish out of water. Just you're not Kevin Costner in Waterworld. Mirror image, yeah. Waterworld. I've never seen Waterworld, but it's a great movie. The Universal Studios ride was cool. Still, you know been, talking about, I right? still have not been there. You've never been to Universal Studios? No. You got to go. I know. I live right here too. It's I weird. feel like you, I feel like. I want to go. I do. I don't like, I don't like super big crowds. Like I hate waiting in lines. Have you been to Disneyland? Once. Uh, did you like it? I did because we went with people that worked there and like we got to see the behind the scenes. Oh. We got to cut every line. Well, Universal Studios is no Disneyland. It's not okay. as crowded and the lines are not as long. It's more tame. Okay. But you know. There's not as much like magic of Disney World, yeah, or Disneyland, I should say. Yeah, but I like that. I like the the Universal Parks, like what they have there. Yeah, yeah. What I see online and stuff. Yeah, like the Mario thing just opened, right? I haven't been since Nintendo World because of that. I forgot about that's that. what I really want to go see, and also Harry Potter stuff. I went on the Harry Potter stuff, even though I've never seen Harry Potter. You've never seen Harry Potter? Okay, I've seen one of the movies. You've never? S- I've seen the movie where. Vahe. Do you like? Are you a Harry Potter fan? That hurts my soul. The movies are magical. Have you read the books? No, I don't read. No. <laughs> well, I've seen the movie where he, um, what does he do? 
the one where uh, Cedric Diggory dies. Oh, spoiler alert. Oh, I'm sorry. Yep, if you haven't seen it. Harry Potter, I mean, I guess you're in the same boat <laughs> yeah. as me. The, yeah, the one where he dies, that's the uh, Goblet of Fire. Is it the Goblet of Isn't the Goblet of Fire the first one? No, 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 no you're totally right. That's you're totally right. You're, you're right. You're right. The Goblet of Fire is, um, yeah, I remember it now. I remember it more clearly now that you said the actual name of the movie. Yeah, it's, yeah that one is the uh, fourth movie. The Goblet of Fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was cool. Oh, wait. No, it's not. That is the... Um... Well, isn't, oh, it is. isn't the seventh movie in two parts? So yeah. So it can get a little confusing. Yeah. So. Yep. It is the fourth. Um, But those movies are amazing. You should watch them. It was cool. What's your, what's your movie that you were like so ecstatic about? What's your go-to movie? You got one? I'm a Star Wars guy. Okay. Star Wars. Not Star Trek? No, not Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Not mm, Disney Star Wars, just kind of like the original oh, cool. trilogy and the prequels. George Lucas Star Wars. George Lucas Star Wars is a good one. True Lucas. Yeah. True Lucas, yeah. I'm a true Lucas supporter. I do love those old ones. Which ones? Like the prequels or the originals? Like the 1970s Star mm-hmm. Wars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> those are like yeah. those are like the pinnacle. Dude, isn't it crazy? And imagine seeing it back then. That's yeah, like seeing right. AI for the first time here. <laughs> <laughs> like the sounds and like the animations and everything cgi yeah it was like a phenomenon dude that blew people's minds yeah and going back and looking at like episode one like when anakin's riding on the back of the animal or whatever the he's like sitting with uh he's sitting with uh padme was it padme episode one you mean the menace the phantom menace that's episode one Yeah, yeah yeah right yes yeah remember when he's like riding on the back of that like creature and he like falls off i i saw a video why can't i remember this he falls off an animal yeah he's like riding it for fun like laughing in their li- in the field that's episode two is that episode two that's episode two okay episode, episode one two. he's a kid oh yeah duh sorry and episode two he's like a, that's like he's like pod a racing guy yes yeah it's sorry episode what's episode two attack of the clones okay yeah that one like got the worst grief the I, first one the first one got the worst and then the second one got also worst to this day i don't know which one i dislike more Episode one or episode two. You I feel would, like every di- different day I've, I have a different take. Yeah. You want to hear a hot take about Star Wars? I'm ready for it. I love Jar Jar Binks. Do you really love Jar Jar Binks? I, I think I think it's hilarious. Do you think he makes the movie better? I do. That's, that's that a is a hot very take. hot take. I mean, I don't like... There's some people that like... It's so dumb. There's it's some people so that like... They get like, they get like angry yeah. when they think about Jar Jar Binks. I don't feel like that. But like, I don't, I, I don't think he... He makes the movie a little worse because like it's so have you heard the theory that he was supposed to be a sith lord oh you know what i have actually heard something mm-hmm. like that he was I supposed s- to be a sith lord i mean i don't know if it's true but like it's fun to speculate mm-hmm. no That's- i heard something like that because i saw an image some someone drew of him in like in like full sith gear yeah yeah because he has yellow eyes uh-huh. like the sith do he does like a like 15 somersaults yep. into the water yep He's the one who gives the counselor, the chancellor, supreme powers, you know, so it could be all part of his master plan. But I think what happened, if this is true, was that George Lucas was like, oh, everyone hates George R. Binks. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to go through with this. Yeah. Could have been a rewrite. It could have been like a, a rewrite of some kind. Dude, that's so crazy to think about. Imagine when it came out, what people said. That, what's crazy about Star Wars in general is like, sometimes I think about like, like George Lucas made a movie in 1977, mm-hmm. you know, he just made like a, a project that he's like, Hollywood Studios, like, leave me alone. I want to make a movie. Mm-hmm. And like people who are born like 1977, we're getting close to like 50 years of Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. I think the 40th recently happened. Help me do math. Was it 1977? The 1977. First so 23 plus 23, right? 
It's 23 years. It's, it's 46. 46. We're getting close to the 50th year anniversary of Star Wars. So there's going to be kids that are like born like 50 Isn't that weird? years after Star Wars and they're going to be like obsessed with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be like, I need the Chewbacca toy. Or like, my favorite character is Han Solo. And like, um, yeah, that's respectable. 50 years, it's crazy how much of a phenomenon it's become. Because 50 years is such a long time. Dude, there's, it, a, there's it, an my empire. Really is. <laughs> there's an empire built yeah. on it. <laughs> really now. Yeah. I feel like Star Wars is one of the biggest movies to have a following. It's like, like the biggest media. Harry Potter is pretty big, but I don't know the biggest type of like like a following. movie franchise. Like the like actually recognizable. Like, could I take a lightsaber into the deepest parts of Africa oh, and show somebody? Do I, I think about that? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, they're gonna be like Star Wars. Yeah, they're yeah. gonna be like, what the f- is that? No, I agree. Like, I feel like that's a really interesting way to like test how ingrained yeah. something is into the world how much reach it has yeah i heard like for example coca-cola is the most recognizable brand in the world i believe that i believe it that, Everyone that's what that McDonald's. can looks like that or mcdonald's, McDonald's is a good one too but coke yeah coke is, that that's such a product that's that can be shipped anywhere i mean you're not shipping mcdonald's cheeseburger places but like mm-hmm. that that is like that trash shows up on like deserted islands yeah, 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 and you're just like, what? <laughs> like, how is there a Coca-Cola can floating in the ocean, and like yeah. it's in this weird place? Like, that's crazy to think about. It's crazy how the how the word gets out. Yeah, okay. you want to know something crazy? Because I was talking about how fifty decade. I mean, sorry, fifty years is a long time. Mm-hmm. Listen to this. Joe Biden was born closer to Abraham Lincoln's second inauguration than he was born to his, closer to his own. That, that may be a little bit hard to follow. No, I can see it. Yeah. So when he was born, mm-hmm. it would have been like 80, maybe it was maybe been like 78 years since Abraham Lincoln was inaugurated. And then Joe Biden got inaugurated when yeah. he was 79. So he was like closer right. to- 79 years, 78 years from Abraham Lincoln's second inauguration. So technically he was born closer to Abraham Lincoln's inauguration than he was to his own, which is crazy. Like it- That's weird. Um, it's not saying anything about like oh, Joe Biden's too old to like run for president. I'm not. It's not a political statement. I'm just saying like it's crazy how short yeah. time history is. Yeah. It's it really it re- it really is crazy. And how minuscule our time is here on it on the his- on the like realm of history. In the realm of history, in the realm of planet Earth, and then like the the further you zoom out, the more insignificant it gets. In the terms of okay, like the Earth is 4.6 billion years old, but like mm-hmm. the universe is like 13. Point whatever. Isn't that crazy? It's like, you, like look up at the stars and you're like. We what is are a what's not reality less than, <laughs> what is existence what is ex- less than a grain of sand in like a spectrum of time and reality and mm-hmm. like space yeah time and space you're just like lately when i think about time and space i think about why do the laws of what why are, are the laws of physics what they are mm-hmm. like we have a this existence and we're like okay we have um you know light exists as photons you know but yeah. why? But why is it protons and neutrons with surrounding electrons? You know, why is it that positive and negative, you know, attract? Why is it that gravity exists? Like, the, like matter is wants to be pulled in towards itself. Why is it that temperature is like as things move around more, they get hotter? You know what I mean? Like that. Like, why is it that people still call me about my car's extended warranty? <laughs> All these questions. So the universe. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, at least if you think about the universe, maybe the car warranty doesn't seem like as big of a deal. But like. <laughs> You can use it. You can use that was it. A joke, Vahe. You can use it like smartly. When everything's go wrong, yeah. oh, the universe doesn't matter. When everything's go right, 
Oh, yeah. Universe is great. So that's everything. Yeah. That's everything you apply in your life. Look at your health. Mm-hmm. Did you wake up today and go like move your hands and go, man, these joints feel so good? I didn't. Do I don't that. even I don't even care about these joints. I'm not even going to worry about them. I'm not going to work them out today. I'm not going to thank them. <laughs> but then when you're when you have carpal tunnel or arthritis and yeah. you're, you're going to look at your hands and you're going to go, I remember when my hands were good. Yeah, I didn't. I took them for granted. I didn't. You know, it's hard not to take things for granted. Anything. For yeah, granted. you could take anything for granted. We talked about the, you know, like I have a supportive family. Like yeah. some, I, do, I feel like I take that for granted sometimes. Yep. I take it for granted the fact that my fingers flex without joint pain. Yeah. For now. Yeah. But, you but I mean, as long as you're conscious of like recognizing those things, especially like with your family and and you're reciprocating the love back to them, mm-hmm. saying like. Hey, I appreciate everything you guys have done for me. This is this is a huge support for me. I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think that's taking you for granted. I think that's I think that as long as you show your appreciation, mm-hmm. people do it in various ways through acts of kindness, service, whether it's verbal, gifts, stuff like that. I, mean, I don't think it's anything wrong with that. You can't recognize everything in your life. No, it's, it's impossible. It's too much, but it's possible. It's good to keep a balance. You know? Oh, yeah. You don't want to have your brain turned off to it all the time. Got to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Exactly. You said it. Well, Vahe, going back to vet med, I got one last question for you. Let's do it. If you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? Mm, let's see. Let's see. What do I value? Probably longevity has value. Mm-hmm. Quality of life. You know, low stress existence seems valuable. So there's a couple different ways to approach this. I feel like I'm just going to give like a like a rough list of potential candidates right now. I think a tortoise. Okay. You live a long life. You're chill, you know. What about birds? They're going to come down and get you. Yeah. You're slow. You can't get away from danger. You got to be cautious. You got to be very cautious. You got to be, you got to like. Flip over and you could die. Dehydration. That's true too. See, the, I mean like, but uh, every animal is going to have its flaws, you know, mm-hmm. but I feel like maybe orca. Uh, orca's good, right? Okay. You get a family. Yeah. You get a pod. Pretty good lifespan. Um, can I be a female orca? Yeah. They live long. Whatever you okay, want. Let's do it. I'll be a female orca if I could be any animal. Those are awesome. I love those animals. Like I could see you being an orca. I love a tortoise. We had one that was in our backyard for a long time and just stopped showing up one day. What? Yeah. Yeah, he used to come. We didn't, I don't know what happened to him. Yeah, I own a tortoise, so you're right. They're scared of birds. Whenever a shadow crosses over my tortoise, he's like, oh my God. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's a crazy mechanism. Yeah. It's amazing. I saw orcas in the wild. It was pretty you crazy. You saw orcas in the wild? Yeah. We went, We. I go to the, I go to like this nature reserve in Mexico, uh-huh. like every couple of years, go for like two weeks. And like, we go on boats and like look for animals and like uh, snorkel and like go to the islands. That's it's in Baja. Sense. It's in Baja, California. You know the yeah, Sea yeah. of Cortez. Yeah. So, dude, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, it was crazy. And you swim with whale sharks. Okay, that's you've already had me. That sounds amazing. I would love to do that. Whale shark may be a good shout to be as an animal, but I think they get hunted by orcas. I mean, could, who, who doesn't? I was gonna say, yeah. At that point, orcas, uh, great white sharks are afraid of orcas. Mm-hmm. Blue. I heard they hunt blue whale. That's so crazy. Which is like terrifying to think. I think orcas are kind of bullies. A lot of times they they like kill for fun. They're like the humans of the ocean. Yeah. That's what I like to think of think of them. Yeah, I can see that. I feel like they don't I have you heard that the orcas have never killed someone in in the, in the wild? Yeah, the, obviously I, in the I captivity heard. happened yeah, but like yeah. I don't know. I feel like they have like a they have like a they just say, tell each other like listen like don't mess with humans. It's going to open up a whole can of worms. Like they know don't kill humans. They saw from like when they were doing whaling and like getting blubber from whales. Yeah. Okay, like, hey, look what the humans <laughs> could do and they remembered that. Yeah, I feel like yeah, that's basically what I think, yeah. 
They are smart. They're crazy. They're smart. so smart. I mean, they they teach each other how to hunt. That's so weird. Have you seen them like knock yeah. seals off of ice caps? Yeah. They like create a wave and like it's in, and they work as a team. It's crazy. They are amazing. They're terrifying in a cool way. But like I feel like like you said, I feel like if I was swimming, like there was that woman that was just swimming and orcas were orca was right around her. Yeah. And she was just swimming and swimming because she was swimming across the ocean. No, I would die if that happened to me. I would love that. I, I legitimately <laughs> feel like I would feel so, I know that people are like, no, he's lying. Like, I feel like I would feel, obviously, I, maybe maybe people would agree with me. I would feel way more safe if a orca was there than a, a shark. Okay, I agree with that. Okay. But like, let me, okay, look, if you're if you're on a boat and there's orcas in the water, would you get in the water? Would you get in the water? I don't know. I had to depend. I have, See, a, lot more, I have a lot more like responsibilities now. You're right. You know, I have, so, like, yeah, that's a good I don't point. know. I feel, I, I would, I would get in a shark cage. Like, are you saying, I mean- I don't think I would. I, I don't think I would get in the water if I saw like eels in the water. Yeah, I don't know because someone told me what I'm doing. It depends what I'm doing. Am I like? Yeah. Am, am I in scuba gear? Like, am I in just swimming on top of the water? Because like, I feel way safer being in scuba gear. Yeah. No, I would say level. like you're probably in a wetsuit on a boat in nature because that's the the context that someone told me yeah. they jumped in the water. Yeah. And he's like, the orcas zoom past me. I'm like, dude, you're crazy. You're the craziest yeah. person I've ever been in my life. I don't know. I don't know what I would do in that situation. It'd really be like. Like, it sounds cool to say that for a story, but the reward doesn't seem like it's worth the risk because I'm not afraid they're going to attack me because I'm a human. I'm afraid they're going to mistake me for a seal. Yeah. Or like, what you if know? they're, what if the, what if he swims a little too close and gives you a whack on the, you know, whack with his tail? What if he had a bad day? He just got a speeding ticket. You never know. You know? So yeah, like animals with a lot of personality like that, you're going to be like, what if this guy's like a little extra mad? Uh, he, yeah. He's like, <laughs> his calf just died or whatever. Yeah. Ca- they have calves, right? I think so. Cause they're, well, I heard. Killer whales are technically dolphins. Have you heard this? Well, let's hear it. I don't think they're technically whales. I mean, they're all cetaceans. Yeah, they're part of the dolphin family. Yeah, they're part of the dolphin yep. family. Three ma- the, There are three main types of killer whales. Oh, there's like type Ecotypes a? or ecotypes in the North Pacific, resident, transient, and offshore. Do they, uh, don't they have like a type A, type B, type C, type I'm G? sure that's probably what they are. And they like look slightly different from each other. It's, yeah, it's there's a really variation of what they look like. They definitely look different. That it's it's weird. They have like their own ethnicities. That's how complicated they're getting. That's <laughs> humans. Cool. Yeah. Man. They're really cool though. Ever since Free Willy, I've always loved orcas. Is that a, I've seen like, Free Willy, but like so long ago that like it doesn't really like. No, I've always had a thing. I always, I actually applied to work at SeaWorld once. Did you get Did you get the job? Did not get the job. Yeah. That's messed Ended up. Ended up in vet school. Stop. Oh, so. oh. <laughs> good blessing. Yeah, yeah. They were like, "Hey, you need more experience." I was like, "Okay, I'll be back." Well, what did you want to do at SeaWorld? I don't know. I just wanted to work with animals. I didn't know what I wanted to do at that time. I was just like, "I want to work with animals." I applied at the San Diego Zoo. Yeah, I applied, like everywhere. I was like, "I just need to be around animals in any capacity." That's a good. I went to SeaWorld when I was a kid. It was obviously before Blackfish or whatever. Yeah. So I had a great time. I liked seeing, you know. I think SeaWorld is under, like, everyone thinks about the orcas, but they have cool animals otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? they do. They don't completely lean on the orcas. No, it's, yeah, sea creatures. I mean, anything in the water is just cool. It's so cool. Have you been to Aquarium of the Pacific? Oh, dude. Yeah, we well, we went there for the uh, the prom we had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't there, but I've gone regularly, and uh, it's an awesome, awesome place. I love that place. Well, bye. Let's wrap this up. All right, let's do it. food. Appreciate yeah. you coming on the show and sharing your experiences and talking about AI and um, how appreciative of you are of the culture you grew up with. And I'm excited to see what you get to do in, in your future uh, within veterinary medicine and, and how you're going to be a disruptor in the field and, and head on in with an open mind and do wonderful things with animals. So I'm excited to see what you do, brother. 
Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. It, I was, it was a good talk. I had a great time. And I look forward to seeing what you, you do too. The well, future is exciting. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. All right, brother. Take care. See you. Wow. Another amazing episode on Veterinary Vibes, the podcast where we vibe so you can thrive. If you guys like the episode, be sure to leave a review, hit that follow button and share it with a friend. If you have any questions, reach out to me at veterinaryvibespodcast at gmail.com. See you next week.